Hello, hello, and hello, everyone. Welcome to the Movie Bugle Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am so excited that you guys have tuned in to this very, very special episode. I'm actually really excited to talk about all the things in this episode. So come on in and come on in. <laughs> Please be sure to follow me at the Movie Bugle on my Instagram page. You can also follow me at the Movie Bugle on Twitter. And also, I'm on YouTube. You can just search in The Movie Bugle. Now, it's so crazy because I do have... I'm more active... Well, okay, let me back this up real quick. I I need to be a little bit more active on my socials, and I, I totally understand that. So for those of you guys who have followed me, thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you for supporting the podcast and the page. Um, I'm not as active on Twitter as I should be. I need to start engaging with people a little bit more on there. It's a slow burn, but you know what? I'm it's definitely getting there. And then my YouTube, once I start posting more videos, and then hopefully you know, that will become a little bit more active as well. But either way, thank you guys for tuning in. I release a podcast every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. My podcast is available on so many different platforms, available on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on Google Podcast, it's on TuneIn, and it's on Stitcher. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell everyone about it, tell the people that you meet at Starbucks when you're getting your coffee, pop it in in your car on the way to work or when you just have some free time. And, you know, thank you for sharing and listening let's talk movies <laughs> now this particular episode is like i said i'm super excited to talk about it because it's, it's a lot now i i've been thinking about what i'm gonna title this and i think you know the title that i i had to choose for it, it it's kind of interesting because i wanted to make it a big deal but also i didn't want to give anything away so this episode i am going to be talking about the newest venom let there be carnage movie that was just released in theaters this past weekend i had the opportunity to go see it you know on opening nights i like to go see my movies on thursday night with the the, the eager crowd you know they're the ones who's less distracted and especially for superhero movies i like to go see it first thing first as soon as i can especially if i know there's gonna be spoilers so I went to the theaters and I saw it and, you know, we're going to talk about it now. This 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 particular podcast is going to be a big one because I'm going to try to talk about the movie and not spoil too much in the beginning. So if you want to tune in and just listen to my overall thoughts about the actual movie, I'm going to do that for the first couple of minutes and then I'm going to give a big disclaimer for spoilers in the end because there's not so much to spoil in the movie itself but the post credit scene is a huge spoiler so i'm gonna you know pause once i'm done talking about my overall thoughts about the movie and i'm gonna say all right if you don't want to be spoiled or if you haven't seen it or anything like that please pause it and come back so just beware i don't want to hear anything like, you spoiled it for me or why didn't you tell me or why you say all that stuff no 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 I'm giving you a fair warning before I even talk about the non-spoiler part, but please come back and listen to the spoiler section because there's going to be a lot of information I'm going to give you guys. There's going to be a lot of theories I'm going to put together for you, a lot of things, and it's, it's really fun. I'm super excited. So let me just let me just go ahead and jump, jump right into it. Just dive right into it, as Victoria Monet would say, and just dive. <laughs> let me stop. Okay, so... Venom Let There Be Carnage is the second installment in the Sony's franchise of the Venom universe. This movie was directed by Andy Serkis, and Andy Serkis is known for playing Oh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I, sh I need to come back and do it. But anyways, Andy Circus was also, uh, Ulysses Claw in, you know, Killmonger. He, uh, he was Caesar in the War of the Planet of the Apes movies and stuff like that. So he's done a lot of different things super talented as an actor um and this was i don't know how many other movies he's directed himself but he directed this movie it stomps it stars tom hardy um as venom as venom oh i can't even speak <laughs> i'm sorry but he plays tom hardy and he also plays eddie brock eddie brock is the human version venom is the symbiote 
It also uh, um, stars Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, so Reed Scott. So, um, you know, Woody Harrelson uh, plays um, uh, Cletus. He also plays Carnage in the movie. And um, like I said, this first part is a non-spoiler part. So just wanted to get my overall thoughts about out the way. So, you know, it's kind of interesting because Venom is a, is a villain, a sometimes anti-hero in the Spider-Man universe. So when the first movie came out, it was like, okay, how are we going to make a Venom movie you know, without Spider-Man and, you know, in, in the comics, you know, it was a symbiote, you know, alien substance that attaches himself to Spider-Man's suit. And then, you know, Spider-Man wears it, you know, black suit, Spider-Man, stuff like that. We saw it you know, a little bit in Spider-Man three, say what you want about the movie itself, but you know, they sort of did it a little bit, you know, with the comics and stuff like that. And then from there, um, the symbiote sort of leaves Spider-Man and attaches himself to Eddie Brock, who is a photographer, who's also a journalist and everything like that and he becomes what we know as venom venom is supposed to be everything that spider-man is not and i think that's what makes that you know dynamic of that relationship really really special it's to me i look at venom and spider-man the same way i look at batman and joker you know what i mean like those you everyone knows batman for joker right so everyone knows spider-man for venom so when we have like a Venom movie without Spider-Man, it's like, how are they going to do this? So the first one was fun. You know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but it was definitely fun. Um, Tom Hardy, who plays, you know, Eddie Brock, and he also, he also voices the character of Venom. So that banter going back, back and forth between Eddie Brock and Venom is, you know, it's always fun. There's some uh, great comedic lines and stuff like that in there. But, you know, it's kind of hard to see this character without the reason why this character exists in the comics and stuff. But, you know, they managed to make it work. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a movie that came out a few years ago called Life. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I remember people talking about this movie um, because it was supposed to be like these astronauts or these space explorers go into space and they go to like this foreign planet and they get attacked by like this black symbiote, you know, um, substance. And, you know, it was supposed to be like a, like a thriller suspense horror movie, more so like thriller suspense, not necessarily like so much horror. I think Jake Gyllenhaal was in that movie, but it's called life. I'm going to definitely check it, check it out soon. But I remember reading some like stuff online and watching videos and they were talking about how Sony, cause Sony, you know, put out that movie. They were talking about how Sony should have made that an un- um, disclose prequel to Venom and how that could have been tied in because basically the substance is the same thing but it was its own separate thing similar to how you know I don't know if y'all remember when Prometheus came out they they marketed Prometheus and you know they had like little easter eggs and stuff here and there in the trailers but people started to pick up on could this be a, a prequel to the aliens movie so i remember i went to the chinese theater with my my brother richard and we we went and saw it and that movie theater was packed and chinese theater like i've mentioned to you guys before is like a premiere theater over here in in hollywood um it's one of the biggest imax in the country so we was definitely there and that's one of the packages i've ever seen at theater but people were speculating could this be a prequel to aliens and sure enough it turned out to be a prequel to aliens so so with life, they were saying that life could have been like a prequel to Venom and that could have been a clever way for them to bring, you know, Venom into like the world today. But anyways, they didn't do that. Life is his own movie. Venom is his own movie. Now we have the second installment and pretty much, you know, it's it follows, you know, the continuation of you know eddie brock you know dealing with you know the fact that he has venom as you know they're living they're coexisting with each other now basically um uh woody harrelson's character uh cletus he's on death row and he somehow get you know infused with a piece of the symbiote and that's how he's able to become carnage and it takes off from there the action is really good you know there was a lot of things about you know third acts and you know cgi you know stuff like that obviously it's there but i feel like it, it kept me engaged it kept me going this movie is also very short it's only 90 minutes i remember seeing an article an article when they were talking about how this movie is the shortest superhero movie ever and i was like really but honestly after watching it i was like could they really have fleshed it out a little bit more maybe like 
an extra 10 to 15 minutes you know just be just between a few characters and stuff i can see that but honestly after watching it i'm just kind of like mm. I can see why it was that short. Like, I didn't really feel like, you know, it was too short. Or it was too long. I felt like it was just perfect. So I enjoyed it. Um, I am curious to see how other movies that are made outside of, you know, the main universe, like there's supposed to be a Morbius movie coming. I don't know nothing about Morbius at all. Um, but when I saw the trailer, Jer Jared Leto was supposed to be in it. You know, he plays the title character Morbius and Morbius is supposed to be a vampire. Like I said, I don't know anything about it, um, but Morbius is another Spider-Man, um, you know, villain or character in the in the Spider-Man universe. But, you know, this movie is going to be made without Spider-Man. So and then you also have, you know, Craven the Hunter that's coming. You have all these different movies that are coming uh, without Spider-Man. So I think that, you know, Venom is is was a nice way for them to try it out first and see because everyone knows venom and see okay can we do this without you know the main protagonist i know it doesn't hit for a lot of people um it you know it's okay with me like i'm not too terrible i'm not too critical about it uh would i have loved to see spider-man and you know venom come together yes um but you know it is what it is we the movie what we got I love the action. I love the fight scenes. I love the comedy. I love, you know, where the story went. Michelle Williams, her character is pretty cool. Um, so I would, so I would say definitely go check it out if you want to go check it out. So that is Venom. That's my quick overall review of Venom. Let there be carnage. Now, I'm pausing because, like I mentioned before. This next section and moving on is about to be full of spoilers. It's going to be full of, you know, potential spoilers. It's going to be full of, you know, just theories about spoilers and everything like that. And it's, I don't, it's not necessarily, I'm not doing this just so I can spoil it. It's, it's a conversation that I want to have that's surrounding, you know, what could potentially happen you know, with, you know, the Marvel and everything like that. So that's the reason why that I wanted to definitely talk about. And that's pretty much the whole focus of, or the reason why I wanted to talk about this movie. So if you haven't seen Venom yet and you don't want to be spoiled, or if you don't want to be spoiled with anything Marvel coming up, please pause this episode right now and save it. And then come back when you want to have the discussion with me. If you have seen Venom, if you are curious about what I have to say, if you don't care about being potentially spoiled, then fasten your seatbelts because we are about to take a dive in. <laughs> now, like I mentioned before, the reason why I want to have this discussion is because the post credit scene in Venom Let There Be Carnage just blew the multiverse open now it's so okay so let's okay i'm just gonna go ahead and talk because if you're already here you've seen it or you want to be a part of this discussion so let's go ahead and break down the post credit scene and then we're gonna backtrack a little bit and talk about everything so the post credit scene um at the very end of the movie venom pretty much venom is on the run well eddie brock slash venom is on the run because san francisco police now knows who he is and everything like that and they know there's an alias substance whatever da -da 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 -da. so they pretty much go to like this tropical island and it's like this nice little ending and everything like that right well the movie cuts to like a post credit scene where Eddie Brock is laying in bed. He's talking to Venom because they have that conversation back and forth and they're watching this little thing on TV, like this little romantic, you know, drama or whatever the case may be. And then Venom is saying something, you know, I'm going to make you feel some type of way, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden the room starts to shake. There's a bright light outside and then the room change. It's the same room, but it looks different. And then they're like, what just happened? What's going on? And Venom is like, that wasn't me. I didn't do anything. But when you look on TV, you see J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man Far From Home saying the announcement of who uh, Spider-Man is. And you see, spoiler alert, Tom Holland on the screen. Now, 
I got wind of this beforehand. You know, one of the things or one of the the side effects of, you know, being really invested into movies and comic books and stuff like that is, you know, sometimes you know, I'll just be doing research online. Sometimes I'll just be watching other content and then stuff like this would just like get in front of my face and I could try to avoid as much as I can. But this unfortunately did like get in front of my face. So then I, since I knew it was coming, I sort of just took a dive in just to see what was going on. And sure enough, this is this. Um, I saw this scene before I went and saw the movie, but I, you know, it was blurry and stuff like that because it was on someone's phone. But then I saw it in the actual theater and oh my God, the audience that I was sitting in, it was so funny. They all went crazy. They all went berserk. They all went ballistic because it's funny. Cause like you have people like me, who we're into this I'm, I'm into this you know i follow along i talk about this stuff but then you have the casual fans who really don't follow along to like the in-depth stuff so i'm pretty sure they didn't know this was coming so they're like oh my god are you serious like can you see that oh my god this is gonna tie to spider-man oh my god okay so let's back this up a little bit because the MCU, Kevin Feige, he is, he is a brilliant man. He is, he is, Kevin Feige, if you don't know, he is the one who is the main producer and he's pretty much the overseer of all of the Marvel movies starting from Iron Man 1 in 2008 up until right now with Shang-Chi. The Shang-Chi is the last official MCU movie that came out. Previous before that was Black Widow and so on and so forth, right? and all the Disney Plus shows and everything like that. He is the main one, a part of all things MCU related. Now, between all the MCU related movies that have come out since 2008, you have other movies that have also come out that is not MCU related, but they're Marvel movies. Case in point, you have the, um, I think the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 came out with Tobey Maguire in 2007. That was pre-everything. I know that the, some of the X-Men movies also came out. I think X-Men 1, 2, and 3 had also came out. But since Iron Man 1, you had, you know, the X-Men Origins. You had, you know, um, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. You had the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. You had um, the Fantastic Four movie with uh, Michael B. Jordan as uh, Johnny Storm. So you had these other Marvel movies come out that has nothing to do with the MCU because Kevin Feige has been very particular about telling one continuous story. And even though there's multiple movies and everything like that, it all leads to one singular point. From the beginning of 2008 to 2019, with the with spider-man far from home they called that the infinity saga and pretty much the infinity saga all dealt with the you know the infinity stones and thanos you know they set up the first you know avengers movie between 2008 and 2012 because you had like iron man you had thor you had iron man 2 you had the first captain america movie and you had the incredible hulk movie and all of those sort of like gave us an inkling that something we were leading to a point because you had Iron Man and at the very end of the Iron Man, you had, you know, Nick Fury shows up and he says, you know, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And then you had the Incredible Hulk come out next and you had that movie was a standalone movie. But at the end of that, you had a post credit scene where Robert Downing Jr. came and talked, you know, as, you know, Tony Stark. So back then, Disney Marvel wasn't a thing. It was just Marvel, the entity making these movies. And I think a lot of movies were made by Paramount. I think I know for sure Iron Man was made by Paramount. I want to say Captain America and Thor was also Paramount. Incredible Hulk is um, a universal property. So I think that one was put out by Universal. But Marvel was just, you know, making these movies with these different companies at the time. And 2009 Disney bought the uh, bought the company Marvel and I want to say the Avengers movie that came out in 2012 was the first official Disney Marvel movie that came, that was put out distributed all things under Disney umbrella and then from there you have a plethora of movies and TV shows that all followed that was all under Disney right well backing up a little bit more Marvel was an entertainment company for comics 
um, back in the 90s, word on the street was, you know, they started to license out their characters to different studios so that way studios can make movies. So Sony got the rights to Spider-Man and all their characters. Fox got the rights to Fantastic Four and X-Men. And I want to say um, uh, Ghost Rider and Daredevil, I believe. And I know a few more that's all I can't think of off the top of my head, but the main ones were Fantastic Four and X-Men. So when like, you know, Sam Raimi with Tobey Maguire, that's why, you know, Spider-Man was a standalone movie. I think the only time you ever really heard of a different character is when they made a joke about trying to call Doc Ock and he said, Doctor Strange, he was like, oh, that's a good one, but it's already taken. But that was it. There was no other characters in those movies. Same thing with X-Men. You know, it was just the X-Men by itself in their own universe type thing. But in the comics, these characters interact with each other and i as comic book fans you know we know like for example spider-man will go to reed richards part of the fantastic four to help him you know come up with his web you know stuff like that we know that tony stark will go talk to professor xavier you know we know we, we know those things in the comics but in the movies because they were um owned by different studios they couldn't they couldn't do that. So X-Men didn't really talk to anyone else because they they were their own thing. Fantastic Four didn't really talk to anyone else because they were their own thing. Spider-Man, he was the only Spider he was the only superhero in his universe because you know, you know, of studio rights. So then you have, you know, Kevin Feige and his brilliant mind. Let's bring all these characters together. Sign a deal with Disney. Disney buys Marvel. Now Disney is putting out all of these different, you know, movies with all these characters and intertwining them. So to the point where in order for you to get the overall story, you had to have gone and seen every movie leading up. Now, there's certain movies that you could have skipped, you know, here and there or whatever. But for the most part, especially when Infinity War and Endgame came out. If you didn't watch the previous movies, you would have not gotten what was going on, especially in Avengers Endgame. There was so much you know, fan service and callbacks to previous films and even TV shows that sort of thank the fans. Thank you guys for, you know, sticking by us for the past, you know, 10 years with all of these movies. When when Captain America Civil War came out in 2016, Marvel signed a deal with Sony to get Spider-Man the character in their movies. Now, at that time, right before then, they had just put out, you know, the amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield, you know, distributed all completely underneath Sony. I want to say that came out in 2014. I'm going to look that up really quick as I'm talking because I don't want to give out incorrect information. But, you know, they had signed a deal together for for Spider-Man to be a part of that movie. And it was really interesting because, yeah, it came out 2014. So it was really interesting because the Andrew Garfield had just put out a movie in 2014 as Spider-Man, but then now Sony has, I'm sorry, now Marvel is trying to use the character Spider-Man for that particular storyline. Now in the comics with Civil War, pretty much what we got in the movie was pretty much accurate. The, you know, the, the, the government wants superheroes to register their identity um, for X, Y, and Z reasons, right? And then um, Iron Man is on the side of the government and Captain America is on the other side. Now with Spider-Man in the comics, Spider-Man sort of takes off his mask and reveals himself as Peter Parker in stance with uh, Iron Man. And I think that was the original reason why they wanted to use him in that particular uh, movie, but they sort of like put Black Panther in there as like a big secondary character instead, you know, which everyone loved and I'm super happy that they did so I could actually get to meet that character and everything like that. And then we sort of got a nod to that particular arc of storyline in Spider-Man Homecoming at the very end because they were about to have a press release, but then Peter Parker was like, no, I'm actually good. I'm just going to stay who was I am, whatever, blah, 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 and then leaves, right? 
But anyways, getting back to that contract that was made. Now, if Andrew Garfield had just put out a movie, you know, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014, and then now they had signed a deal, they recast the character of Peter Parker uh, for Tom Holland because they wanted to keep continuity. They couldn't bring Andrew Garfield over to this particular you know scenario because it wouldn't have not made any sense for him to be all the way over here dealing with his own threats and his own new york and everything like that and then all of a sudden he just shows up and everything so they sort of had to scrap that and they had to put it aside and start fresh now i know that to the main audience they're like why do they keep rebooting why do they keep you know doing this how come every other couple of years we get a different spider-man we get different x-men characters well part of the deal from my understanding is they have to keep making movies every couple of years or they lose the license of those characters at this time, Disney hadn't bought Fox yet. So um, I'm going to get to that a little bit later, just in a little bit. But I'm just I'm just trying to give you guys chronological order of order of events leading up to what's happening now. So Sony, Sony still has the rights to Spider-Man and they had the rights to Spider-Man back then. So they signed a deal for them to use Spider-Man, the character, just Spider-Man, the character. And then, you know, whoever else they wanted to license out for, you know, civil war. And then Spider, they made a Spider-Man, uh, homecoming movie and also far from home. And then they used Spider-Man inside infinity war and Endgame. And, um, those movies, even though they were partnered with Disney Marvel, they were distributed by Sony. So that was part of the deal that Sony still gets to put out the distribution of those movies. Sony still gets the bigger cut uh, Sony still get, you know, I think they put all the money in. I think Marvel just came in creatively and, you know, allowed them to say, hey, you know, let's go ahead and work together and make this movie. But in the end you know this is still our movie this is still our franchise this is still like our character marvel for the sake of i want to tell good stories kevin feige is a huge comic book fan so he's like i want to tell good stories i love the character spider-man let's just go ahead and make this work now from sony's perspective spider-man is one of their biggest franchises and for movie you know executives and movie studios franchises is what keeps the lights on I know a lot of people, they like the indie movies and they, they like the small time movies and they like stuff like that. And those movies are amazing. And a lot of times those movies are better than, you know, the big blockbuster. However, comma, it's the big blockbusters and franchises that keep the lights on. It keeps people's em employed. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about the major actors. I'm talking about all the way down. You know, Fox has, you know, Planet of the Apes. They have Avatar. They have you know aliens i think they also have predator you know they have all these they have die hard so that's why every 20 or 30 years we get a new aliens movie we'll get a new predator movie we'll get a new planet of the apes movie and this is like well, how come and it's like well it's it's brand recognition it's you know people are more willing to go spend money on a movie they can recognize versus something that they don't but anyways that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time just getting back to this so leading up to infinity war and Endgame is all part of the infinity saga and they they wrapped it up with an end game and then they, the cherry on top was you know spider-man far from home that came out summer 2019 in spider-man far from home they sort of mentioned the 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 idea or just you know, multiverse but they, they sort of but there was a gag for that particular movie but I think that was them letting us know this is where we're going next. This is going to be the next saga for the next 10 years. Now, bringing it to where we are now, I made a video on my YouTube channel. I'm going to post this on my socials so you guys can go watch it. Last year, around this time, I made a video predicting what they were going to do for Spider-Man 3. At that time, they, there was no title announced. There wasn't too much information online. I had did some um, digging and I had just pieced together some stuff and I watched a couple of videos and, you know, but I formed my opinion and I, and what led that opinion was they started to do casting announcements and they announced that Jamie Foxx was coming back to play Electro in the third Spider-Man movie. So when they did that, I was like, Hmm, why would they bring him back? 
if he was in a different universe like he he was in a whole different scenario with Andrew Garfield so why would they bring him back well at the time they had already announced that they were going to do Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness and then they had also announced WandaVision but even with WandaVision there wasn't a lot of information as to what WandaVision was going to be like um I just pretty much put things together because I know you know some of the comic book storylines like House of M and like how in the comics Wanda is actually a mutant she's actually the daughter of Magneto her and Quicksilver is the children of Magneto but in because of the like I said licensing and studio exec they were able to use the characters Wanda Maximoff and Pete uh and Pietro but they had to alter their powers to get it from an infinity stone in the MCU universe because they couldn't use mutants mutants was owned by fox so that's the reason why they're a little bit different now her power base and everything like that is still the same but they had to change the origins of it because of licensing issues and stuff like that and they didn't never really mention magneto and all that jazz and blah 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 blah, blah right but I knew like I knew a little bit going into when I made this video and I had predicted that they could form a Sinister Six using like Morbius and using Shocker and using Electro and using, you know, Doc Ock from all these different variations of the movies that we already came out. And I was like, this could also be away from them to have all three Spider-Mans swing into the same movie. Now, at the time I made this video, Spider-Man into the uh, multiverse or into the Spider-Verse had came out and it's an animated movie with Miles Morales super amazing had won an Academy Award for best animated feature was super great but I, I think that movie was also done from Sony to and just you know plant this seed just you know just a little you know a little thing um, of this is what multiverse can be this is this this is what can happen if you have different spider-mans from different universes come together for a common cause so i had took all of that you know mix it in a bowl you know put a little salt a little bit of paprika nutmeg tabasco <laughs> i don't know why i just did that but anyways put all of that together and i made this video predicting what they were going to do for spider-man 3. since then we have had WandaVision come out. We have had, you know, Loki come out. We've had Falcon and Winter Soldier, which doesn't really have anything to do with the multiverse, but but for sure, WandaVision, Loki, we have the What If series come out. And then we also have our very first trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, which now we also have a title for that. And there's been a little bit more of an explanation coming from Kevin Feige and you know executives at Marvel that WandaVision ties directly into Spider-Man which also ties directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness throughout the different television shows and movies that we have now we also know that you can also throw Loki in there as well and the reason why is because this is a whole spoiler section so if you haven't seen Loki just go ahead and skip it over the next couple of seconds but Loki, at the very end of Loki, we got a big reveal of a villain that is coming later on. They already announced Jonathan Majors is playing King the Conqueror in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, which is the third Ant-Man movie that's coming out in 2023. Well, we got that character in Loki, and he sort of talked about the multiverse, and he talked about different variants and all this stuff like that. So they threw Loki in there as well as multiverse. Now getting all the way back to venom and you know the reason why i'm super excited talking about this and i know people who's listening they're probably like dang justin like you're going a mile a minute but i'm really excited before there was black panther there was spider-man for me so i apologize like if spider-man is always been my number one i love spider-man i love the riding i live adventure in orlando florida but anyways with this post-credit scene this confirms that they're going to be using Spider-Man, the movie, the Spider-Man No Way Home, to try to bridge together the 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 Spider-Man characters in the different movies all into the MCU. Now, whether or not they're going to be there forever to infinity and beyond, I'm not too sure. But Venom, the fact that and this, even breaking this, uh, even breaking down that post-credit scene a little bit. 
the post credit scene makes more sense if you've seen the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. In the, in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, Peter Parker goes to Dr. Stephen Strange, you know, who's the Sorcerer Supreme, and says, you know, ever since, you know, Mysterio my, uh, revealed my identity, my life has been in shambles. I was wondering if there was anything you can do to help take that away from everyone's mind. So going against Wong's advice of not casting a spell, you know, Doctor Strange lures, you know, Peter, uh, Peter Parker down into his sanctum or whatever, and he tries to do a spell to erase the, the thought of Peter Parker's um, uh, uh, name or, you know, his uh, identity out of everyone's mind. In the midst of all of that, based on the trailer, now we all we know that Marvel is really good at a red herring. They will they'll put something in the trailer that's not there, or whatever the case may be, or they'll dilute us to a different direction, or whatever the case may be. But based on the trailer itself, you know Peter Parker he starts to uh, fiddle with the spell a little bit because he has concerns. It, the spells goes completely wrong, and in the trailer there is a bright flash. And everything goes crazy and then everything comes back together and Peter goes, what just happened? Tying that over to Venom in the post credit scene, when the room starts to shake, there is a bright flash and that's when everything changes. My, my prediction is we saw the exact moment where Dr. Strange's um, a spell goes wrong from that movie. We saw that exact same moment in Venom, and that's what puts Venom in the universe where Tom Hardy, uh, sorry, um, uh, Tom Holland is Peter Parker. Crazy, right? Like, just thinking about it is like, okay, I'm pretty sure there was, they sat down and were like, okay, how are we going to get these characters over here? And Venom is just the beginning. I'm going to get to the other ones in just a second, but, you know, just because I just saw Venom, we're talking about Venom. How are we going to get Venom into this thing? Well, it's if you remember back, you know, and they're and they're really good at showing scenes from one movie in another, like a post credit scene. We saw it with, um, I think we saw it with uh, at the end of Ant Man. I know we saw um, at the end of Captain America: The First Avenger. We saw that same scene in the Avengers movies. So they're really good at putting a scene in a movie and then having expanded a little bit in another movie. So I don't think we're gonna see Venom's origin, but it's gonna be one of those if Venom shows up in you know Spider-Man: No Way Home you would know that he's there because you would have already saw Venom. And it's, you know, so it's, okay, I'll backing up a little bit. Um, if you go back to Avengers Infinity War, the post credit scene, you see Nick Fury and um, um, I, f I forgot the other ladies now. I think it's Maria. It's not Maria Rambo. That's that's someone else. But it's uh, Doctor the Maria Hill. Maria Hill. You see them disappear. But right before Nick Fury completely disappeared from the snap, he calls um, he calls um, uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. And then um, I I don't know if I, I don't know if it was at the no it wasn't at the no it was at the end of the Captain Marvel movie that we see them trying to study that pager from infinity war and it's you know it's the captain marvel pager and it was right after the events of in infinity war so then you know you see black widow she says as soon as this thing goes off let me know she turns around and carol Danvers is standing there she's like where's nick fury so it's like these scenes that ties in together because when endgame happens it's like they already all know each other. So if you would have skipped Captain Marvel, you would have skipped the fact that like, wait, how does she already know them? They didn't know each other in Infinity War type thing. You have to have seen Captain Marvel to understand why they know each other. Like, why was she there in the first place? Whatever happened to that page? So I think this is going to be the exact same thing where Eddie Brock, you know, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock is going to be swinging in or is going to have some type of because he licks the screen when he sees, you know, um, Tom Holland when he sees Spider-Man on the screen he licks it I, I don't know if he's like he thinks he's tasty or if he wants to get a snack or whatever the case may be but he he licks the screen and he's like mm, okay or whatever so if if Venom shows up in a Spider-Man movie 
if you didn't see Venom, you're gonna be like, wait, why, how is he here? Like, how does he get there? So it's definitely one of those things where now you have to watch everything because we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know where things are gonna tie into or where things are gonna come from. Now, jumping over to the Spider-Man movie, there's a there's a rumors and you know it's it's sort of it's not confirmed confirmed because marvel didn't put it out and there's so many different variations and variables how this could happen so i don't want to get my my hopes too up because also i don't want to be like also i don't want to be like disappointed or anything like that but the the thing is is we may see different variations of the different villains like we like we got confirmation that doc ock from spider-man 2 is going to be in this movie we saw um you know alfred molina as you know dr otto octavius in that movie we saw his face we heard the laugh of william defoe from spider-man 1 in that movie as well but we didn't see him we just saw the pumpkin um, we already know that you know Jamie Foxx's uh, Electra was going to be in the movie. We saw some yellow electricity, but we didn't see him. So we know that these things are going to be in there. How they get there, I have my theories, and I may talk about that a little bit closer as we get to the movie. But I think at that moment where Doctor Strange does his uh, spell and everything goes wrong, I think that's how these these villains and these characters get thrown into our universe some type of way. And it's, it's gonna be tricky and it's gonna be really like how they're gonna pull this off, but I'm super confident that they're gonna be able to figure it out. So part of the thing I had mentioned in my video that I made last year is, you know, everything's gonna, t uh, this, this is gonna be how we get the multiverse. Now there's a rumor with um with the spider-man movie that this is how marvel can bring in the sony characters into it like morbius uh, you know craven the hunter miles morales all these different people that have been you know rumored or you know talked about in other different variations of you know the marvel movies into the mcu see what works see what not doesn't work and then at the very end we'll have a whole new lineup going forward and then maybe they can go back i think with sony and marvel it's a little bit different because sony still has the rights to the the, the spider-man characters whereas in you know jumping a little bit ahead to dr strange in the multiverse of madness since now there's been rumors that that movie is how they're going to bring in mutants and they can bring in the uh, fantastic four because we're going to dive into the multiverse of you know different properties stuff now listen if you've been following you know marvel's what if tv show on disney plus there was an episode that just aired this past week where they really showed you what multiverse really looks like and the, the premise of this show is what if this scenario happens in this different universe so it's like all these different universes and it's a different scenario like for example one of the episodes was what if t'challa was kidnapped um instead of you know um peter quill what if Steve Rogers didn't take the secret, uh, the, the serum? What if Peggy Carter did? You know, stuff like that. So it's like all these different variations, you know, of similar stories and stuff. So I think that, you know, they're, they're going to dive into the multiverse. Now, there is an underlining story from WandaVision. At the very end of WandaVision, when she fully becomes a Scarlet Witch and she embodies it, she takes the dark hold and she goes off to the mountain to sulk and her grief and stuff like that, but also use her astral plane self to be studying the dark hold. She hears her children calling for her. They're like, you know, mom, help, please. So Wanda is supposed to show up in the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And then she's also a key player in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. My theory is from WandaVision, she hears her children, so she may go through the different universes and different multiverses because she's a nexus being. And being a nexus being, you have the ability to tap into different universes. You have that much power. Like Wanda could have destroyed Thanos all by herself if she would have fully re um, you know, realized her full potential. But you know, at the time she was fighting Thanos, she was grieving and all stuff like that. And that's a whole nother topic for another different time. But now that she knows who she is, now that we have that character arc from WandaVision, 
um, you know, she's going to be going through. She's going to be wreaking havoc. She's going to want to try to find her children. She's going to want to try to put her world together in the comics. And there was a storyline called House of M where she pretty much says no more mutants. And she wipes off like 97% of the mutant population. And she forms this different reality where she's like, you know, head queen and stuff like that. And her vision and she has her family and, you know, all that jazz. So, you know, they can't use mutants then, but they can use mutants now. So they, she can alter, she may be able to even alter reality in a sense along with Doctor Strange I feel like she's gonna be somewhat of a villain in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness I think she's gonna fight Doctor Strange I think she may even turn Doctor Strange a little bit evil um, you know and when he really maybe when he gets a hold of the Darko I don't know there's gonna be a lot um, coming but I think the whole purpose of the multiverse is to bring in all these different characters now that Disney has access to Fox it's like okay what is a better way for for you guys to bring in mutants where mutants is a huge thing like you know if i would say if one in every five people is a mutant how do you explain mutants never being there before and kevin feige and marvel is about continuity they wouldn't just throw something in there that's always been there before if it didn't make sense like i know they did it for like you know for a few things but it makes sense like for example wakanda wakanda's always been there but wakanda is a nation that is super high tech and they're able to cloak and they don't deal with the outside world so wakanda can have its own thing going on over there in africa you know and no one even knows that they're there you know what i mean even like shang chi you know shang chi you know they have a different dimension that was like the first time we saw like different dimensions and realms within the mcu but that was an isolated story all these other stories that take place like even ant-man all is an isolated event happening in one city but it's, it's gonna get really hard now with um with stuff going forward anything that happens in new york if dr strange or spider-man or well you know just, uh steve rogers is he's you know he's gone now but you know stuff like that anything that happens in san francisco if ant-man's not involved it's gonna be like why, how come he how come he didn't show up like he's there so they're really big on continuity and they're really big on telling one continuous storyline one of the biggest things that everyone has a question with is, you know, in November we have the movie Eternals is coming and Eternals is supposed to be this, these powerful beings and, you know, they're able to create matter and energy and all that stuff like that. And they've been around for thousands of years and they even asked a question in the trailer. Like, so if y'all are this all powerful, how come y'all didn't step in and help with Thanos? And that's a whole, I'm going to do a little bit more research before, before I dive all the way on the Eternals, but you know, very rarely they'll throw characters in there that that it coexists amongst everyone else but they've never been there before so i think that the greatest way they can bring in mutants organically and it makes the most sense to the mainstream audience is the multiverse now i know that dr strange is a little bit further away and i i want to wait till we see some images or you know get a little more confirmation first before we get into that but just know that if you didn't hear anything else if you didn't hear from anywhere else you heard it from me first the rumor is x-men or some of the characters or mutants are gonna come through in dr strange multiverse of madness i said it here on the movie bugle if you didn't hear anywhere else you heard it from me first <laughs> but anyways with spider-man and venom you know we're gonna get these characters in spider-man and i'm super excited i'm super excited to see you know spider-man get a major movie i truly believe that if they're able to pull this off this movie could be bigger than avengers endgame avengers endgame was the biggest the highest grossing movie of all time until they re-released avatar you know you know whatever but anyways um, but Avengers Endgame was an accomplishment because it was 10 years of storytelling that built up to that point that when it came out, you had to buy your tickets the second they went on sale because otherwise you, you, you wasn't seeing it that opening weekend and it blew everything out the water. It made $350 million domestically opening weekend and it made a billion dollars worldwide opening weekend. That's never been done. And then I think in 10 or 11 days, it hit $2 billion. That's never been done by any other movie. I think that the Spider-Man No Way Home has the potential of doing similar numbers. If they, right now, the first trailer is out there. 
And I think the buzz from Venom can push it too. This post credit scene is going to get more talked about than the entire Venom movie, which is unfortunate because, you know, I'm, like I said, I, I enjoyed it, but, you know, it, it was okay. But the post credit scene is what everyone's going to be talking about coming out of this movie like even when i was leaving the movie everyone was talking about as i was went to the bathroom and i was listening to everyone around me everyone was talking about is this going to tie into spider-man the movie is this going to tie into you know everything else what does this mean so i think coming out of this movie if you can get that momentum of venom going and you can get that momentum of could this be a possibility until we see spider-man no way home we have the eternals they may throw some you know easter eggs in there we're also going to get the hawkeye series you know we don't know what's going to happen with that you know we have a few episodes of what if left but if they put out another trailer that just shows just enough like i don't i don't if if all three spider-mans are in this movie i don't want to see them in the trailer however comma i would be okay if they showed like a web or if they if they hinted at it, like if they if it was just like a little like a little peak, like a little eh, like you know just just enough to get people to be like, are they are they doing it? Is this for real? Everyone will run to the theaters. They are. This will be a theaters only movie, December seventeenth, right before Christmas. This like this is not going to go to streaming for a while. Um, this movie will be in theaters only, and this will be if they just do it just enough. People will run out opening weekend to see this movie multiple times, myself included. <laughs> so I know I just talked y'all ear off for almost an hour, but that's everything with this post credit scene. Like I said, I'm super excited. I'm so excited for what is coming. I like I ran into like I said, I ran into, you know, this information right before I saw the movie, but seeing it actually on the silver screen, I was super excited to see it. I I, I have a lot of hope and I think that if you know the executives can pull it off then you know it'll be done right and I think that this will be a situation where everyone can win all the executives and all the studios can get their money and the audience members will be happy I think that this is will be the first time in Hollywood history where you'll have multiple studios coming together for one common goal and that is to tell one cohesive and really good story and if you can pull that off my hats off to you so what do you guys think did you guys like the movie venom do you guys what do you guys think about my theories regarding you know um you know with the multiverse so everything that is coming let me know please tell me your theories as well please be respectful if you've seen the movie don't don't be an idiot don't you know don't be an asshole don't post it all over social media be tasteful with it you know i know that there's like a a, a threshold as to when you can start talking about spoilers but send me private messages talk to me in person you know don't post it all over my page all over twitter and stuff like that don't don't be that person um you know at least wait until the studios put it out there themselves don't do it beforehand give people a chance to go watch the movie and be thoroughly surprised for themselves but until then as always you can follow me at the movie bugle on my instagram page on my twitter page you can also type in the movie bugle on youtube uh, please like and comment and share this movie podcast with all your friends with your family all of your social media let's grow this thing together i'm going to be having more conversations about this as you know we get closer if anything else pops up i will be make sure to make a special episode talking about it and until next time i will talk to you guys later Bye bye <laughs>